Welcome back to Going Sideways with Ten Drift, everyone. Today I present you Andrew Schulte, one of the kindest guys in the sport and someone I am very happy to have brought on here for you all. We go over his year in Pro 2 as well as his time in the sport overall, just getting into drifting, uh, and quite a few other pretty fun stories. It was an absolute blast having him on. But, uh, well, before I keep you on here too long, just a little intro, uh, let's go ahead and get to it. Here's Andrew Schulte. Um, you can call it just hanging out. Let's see. We've painted half the house today. I took our cat to the vet, found out she's diabetic. Oh, shit. Uh, filled a prescription for insulin. Uh, there was something. Oh, and I dropped, I dropped my injectors for my drift car off to get, to get flushed and clean. So just hanging out. I mean, there's a lot of good and bad going on for you today, it sounds like. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of positive stuff, you know, repainting part of the house and like the injector yeah. cleaning. That, that's progress. And then the cat's diabetic. So, you know, it, that's it, rough. It's life. <laughs> yeah, Aww. it is. It's kind of sad. We love her. Um, she's on my Instagram sometimes. So, some of my followers kind of know of her, our fat orange cat named Pizza Hut. Well, she's not fat. <laughs> she has fat. She has fat hair, but actually, she's skinnier than our skinny cat. Um, and huh. I think that that's probably because she's been diabetic for who knows how long. So she's been losing a lot of weight. Now, now is it um, Pizza Hut like, or Pizza the Hut like in Spaceballs? <laughs> pizza Hut. That way, when okay. we get to the vet, I can tell them that I've, I'm here to drop off Pizza Hut, and then I can watch oh. them get excited and then sad. That's mean. <laughs> I, can, I can watch their. I can watch the roller coaster of emotion go through them. It's like, oh man, is it pepperoni or cheese? It's like, no, it's furry. <laughs> <laughs> she's the color of pizza of like the oil that drips off pizza i think that's what inspired us okay whatever i don't know her name's pizza hut <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> oh man so now i've just finished with all those chores and i've come home grabbed a, a truly out of the fridge and chugged about half of it and then picked up your call that's the way to do things um yeah. I, I normally have a beer ready for these podcasts and i did not grab one so uh, i was late and everything you had all the time in the world i know i was just like hey maybe i should just drink some water so that way my voice is clear but beer sounds better <laughs> <laughs> it always does oh man I, i've still never had a white claw i've had truly but i've never had a white claw all right listen honestly I was turned on to White Claw by, uh, I was at LS Fest two years ago in Kentucky. It Which is where I think I, I think I met you at that LS Fest, too. Oh, dang. Okay, so that was when I tried White Claw for the first time. Uh, Pat Gooden and Nick Swan turned me on to it, and they were all, like, on the hype train. I mean, it yeah. was new then, so everyone was on the hype train. Honestly, you're not missing out. Truly, just tastes better. I yeah. said what I said. I don't care if I get <laughs> backlash for it. Every the, the truth prevails at the end, and eventually everyone will agree. Truly is better. Oh man, I'll, I'll never forget. Uh, last year at FD Atlanta, I got a picture of a guy holding up a sign that was uh, Pat Gooden is fueled by Twisted Tea and White Claw. He is. It's not a lie. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> I, I don't doubt it at all. Atlanta has the best fans, man. The best signs. They're always the most creative. That was our when I, when we did FD last year, that was our worst round, like driving wise. It was completely embarrassing, but it was the best round in terms of like fan interaction and energy. Yeah, you're in Pro Two, right? Yes. Okay. Oh, it, it's so disappointing still to me that Pro Two is like even before all the virus stuff happened and everything that 
Pro 2 was cleared out for Atlanta this year. I was just like, but I love Pro 2 guys because I'm good friends with Human and her and a bunch of others. And I'm like, I I love hanging out with them at Road Atlanta. It sucks. That's the that's the most fun venue, in my opinion. And Grid Life also isn't going to be holding their festival there again. So. I'm I'm glad that I got to experience that track for both a Grid Life Festival and an empty round before it was gone. I'm thankful for that, but also I'm disappointed going forward for everyone else who doesn't get to do it. Yeah. Was last year your first year with Pro Two or First and Last. First and last. So you're not first and on, last, yeah. You're not, you're not doing Pro Two this year? I'm not. Um I I can blame the pandemic all day, but honestly, uh no. <laughs> I wouldn't have done it I wouldn't have That's done it fair. even without the pandemic. Yeah. It's um it was definitely an amazing experience, and I don't regret a second of it. And my wife and I, so, uh, Sophia and myself, we both enjoyed it immensely. But just frankly, it's just uh, it's just not sustainable. And yeah. uh, from a cost standpoint, I know that's like the go-to thing for everyone drifting. The go-to excuse is it's too expensive when drifting's actually the cheapest motorsport. But like, it really is. Um, like per event, it does. It, like, it seems like drifting would be really expensive and. Hard to get sponsors, especially in le- like unless you're baby pro one, maybe it gets easier. But like when you're building it's, up, it seems like getting sponsors is so damn near impossible. So, or getting ones that are okay, more than so, like just getting you a discount on their parts. So yeah, I want to I want to talk about the sponsor thing, uh, the cost thing first of all. It's not like so we, we spent like $25,000 to do all four rounds of pro two. Yeah. And like spe- speaking from a motorsports perspective, that's, that's not, that not that's not that bad. Um, but the value is what is causing us to not want to sustain this because sure. for the amount of time that went along with $25,000 is a shitload of time when I'm driving my own rig and, um, literally taking time off my nine to five to yeah. drive out to the event, do it, drive back. And also the amount of time you actually spend driving the car, versus sitting in a pit or sitting on a grid yeah. or sitting here or going to a driver's meeting. Um, the, the, the price per minute driven is a really poor ratio. It's like a really poor return for investment from my perspective, and, and for what I'm trying to get out of drifting. I've heard that a lot for pro two drivers, especially where, you know, you're going to have to get sponsors to do it. And sponsors want you on the track because that's how they, have fans see their name out there and yeah, there's it, it, that, and that's hard with drifting yeah especially pro two because like your practice rounds are all without spectators there yeah and then you go on track and you compete on the first day and you're not there on a second day so yeah, yeah. like you're, exactly. it's, you're, it's, you're not getting the visibility for a sponsor to make it worth it for them yeah, it's a little bit of a tough sell when the car is not on the track for um, like hours un- uninterrupted, like in like NASCAR, more traditional events, and yeah. especially when we're not even on track on the big day where the where the Pro One guys are doing their top sixteen. Now, granted, it um, might help whenever you have some anime girl on the side of your car from like Neon Genesis or whatever it is that the one you have is, but um, um, no game, no life. No game, no life. Okay. And, and yes, so that, I mean that, oh man. So when I was growing up, when I was a kid, like before I could drive and everything, um, that social media, like wasn't really a thing yet. And I, but I was too young to, you know, I was, I was like 12 years old or whatever. 
So sponsorships in that time, you know, brands needed physical interaction with people to get seen. Sure. Nowadays, nowadays you can you can make a solid argument to a brand that you don't have to be on track much and they'll still get the recognition just because of the power of social media um, can get a brand oh, without seen a without a car being on track. I, but there's a lot of people who are really good at doing social media because unlike driving where only a certain amount of people can afford to take a car to a track, everyone can afford social media. So you have to give yourself still an extra edge to get someone to be like, Oh, you know, he stands out animated on cars that I feel like gives me enough of an edge to convince some people to be seen with me. However, they have to be comfortable being seen with (laughs) an anime girl with a two, with a two piece on on the side of a car, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I I totally understand where you're coming from because I mean that's one of the reasons I remembered seeing you at LS Fest was hey why does this guy have an anime girl on the side of his car but at the same time I don't know if that might have been when it taught me um, especially for doing media is when it comes to drifting I want cars to stand out like I don't give a shit if the car looks good or bad at, almost anymore and I'm gonna say your car looks good I do like it but thanks realistically if a car looks like shit or if it looks like the most perfect piece of art ever as long as that car stands out i want to take pictures of it because it's interesting and that's what's going to pull people to want to view it it's the same principle as um no uh so what's the saying it's the same principle as like any press is good press basically how does that go i can't remember the saying there's no such thing as bad press or that yeah whether a car looks good or bad if it, if it leaves an impression with someone, as long as it's memorable, exactly that that's the goal. Uh, preferably it should look good, but oh, yeah, either yeah, way yeah, yeah. The, that it applies as long as it leaves an impression. I mean, if I see a car out there that looks like a rust bucket, I'm like, huh, <laughs> depending on like, uh, I, I had a buddy of mine that, uh, is a grassroots guy and he had his, like, he was preparing to buy over fenders, but while he was waiting, like it was just cut off. So you could see straight through the car, uh, especially in the back. Like you could, like if you're looking at the back wheel straight on, you just see the other side. And that yeah. stood out to me like crazy. Cause I'm like, bro's missing half a car and his VQ swapped S 13. <laughs> I, 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 so, I, I hate this and love this so much that I need to take pictures <laughs> of it. I'm not going to, yeah. If I'm ever like, you know, talking with a friend a year later and we're trying to remember you know, that one car, whatever, it'll be easy to bring up. Yeah. The one you could fucking see through. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then for, it's like, Oh, that, you know, that one guy was really cool. Which one? Uh, the one with the LS powered two forty that has an anime girl on the side. Oh yeah. I know which one you're talking about. That's pretty. That easy. is every person that has like found me on social media, like, uh, <laughs> and, and like DM to me who, who, uh, who, who just found me they, they always tell me that, uh, they found me because they asked their friends about what was that anime car they saw drifting and their friends just say, Oh, cause there's only, you know, there's only a handful if that, uh, yeah. that are known in the U S so they're like, Oh, it must've been Schulte. Yeah. And then they go find me easily on the internet. Oh man. Yeah. Yep. I, I, that I, anime car. I don't doubt it whatsoever. Um, were you at LS Fest West last year? Not last year was 2019. Oh, no, uh, uh-uh. 2018. 2018. Okay. I was going to say, I, yeah. I, I wasn't Wait. sure if I remembered seeing you out there or no. not last year. Yeah. I almost, I almost stopped. So I almost thought I was wrong, but now 2019 was all FD and, uh, 2018 I was at Alice Fest West. 
Okay. 29 uh, last year was the first year I went to West and that was rad and is I can't remember if they officially said that if West was happening again or what was going on with that for this year. It will be not this year though. But uh, they're going to come back, but yeah, it's officially it got postponed, it got pushed this year, it got pushed back and uh just last week I think. Was it last week or late okay. the week before they they announced it's it's canceled for this year. I was following for a while because I try to make it out to Vegas if I can each year. And it's like, hey, I'm going to visit family. But also there's a race car event going on. So I'm going to spend three days here. I know that feeling. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I know that feeling. I I, I still am trying to figure out why almost every single GTO is on the West Coast. Because I've never seen so many GTOs as I did when I was there. Really? Is that true? Like, Like, no shit. I went, I've gone to both LS Fest because I live an hour and a half away from LS Fest East uh, from Beach Bend. And I might see 10 or 20. I saw 100, 150 at least at West. Jeez. Well, I don't know how to explain that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, even, though I'm, even though I've been LS for the past seven years or whatever, uh, I don't know the cars that they came in as well as I just know the engine itself. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> yeah so what led you to go ls with your 240 uh, basically i'm a pansy okay um <laughs> i like like to be honest 100 percent honest um i i get so hard hearing 2j noises and hearing a turbo spool and you know screamer pipes out the hood and all that like that that's that fair. honestly just kind of is sexier to me than the ls engine but it's also more costly, and my yeah. whole philosophy when I was building my car was I want tra- I want seat time I want the time I want the car on track like relentlessly like all the time I don't want it to be down at no downtime so I weighed out the two sides this was back in like 2012 I was doing this I weighed out the two sides and decided LS just it's simple it's cheap you can go to O'Reilly's and get any part you need yeah. all all for cheap and um, it's going to keep the car on the track all the time and it's not it still turns me on like it's not a big trade-off but 2j is definitely definitely a little sexier the ls just gives me it covers more of the basics so i I view every every decision at a a lower price yeah i try to view every decision i make in life from multiple perspectives and and bring in um, multiple uh man i shouldn't have had the truly (laughs) (laughs) but i try to get it from every side I try to make decisions from like a like an all encompassing perspective instead of just like this is cool doing that. I try to look at it from cost, from enjoyment, from sure. all these different perspectives to make an overall decision of what, what covers the most bases. Try so not, the LS covered covered more of them. Try not to just have a bias from one point of view. Try and look at it as an overall investment. Yeah, exactly, like an investment. So. Um. LS LS was the answer, and and I'm not unhappy. The thing, I mean, especially not with the Lingenfelter one. That that helps curb a lot of the a lot of the missing that I'm that I'm yeah. feeling from having like a turbo and everything. Going from a pretty stock LS2 that was like, all right, sounds like every other GTO, to a 700 horsepower Lingenfelter built LS7. Holy I feel shit. a little less. <laughs> I feel a little less uh, withdrawal from like turbo noise and stuff because this thing, this thing fucking smacks. Let me tell you. So is it full on NA, no, or no, uh, not nitrous or anything? Or no, yep, just suck, squeeze, bang, blow. Uh, it's on E eighty five, but yeah, it's full NA. 
That is yeah. a good amount of power out of an NAV8. <laughs> yeah, and and Intel's not aren't back. the only. Yeah, it's exactly. It, it's tuned for wide open all day. The tune that's on it, it, it can go higher, but the tune that's on it is for completely safe, wide open all day running. Yeah. And LS, um, Lingenfelter aren't the only people who are making 700 horsepower NA out of an LS, but yeah. in my opinion, they have a clear edge with reliability. Lingenfelter okay. builds the engines um, so that they can last longer and withstand more and, and, and run run more as you would expect an OEM motor to run, where in my opinion, again, other engine builders might be able to get the same power, but the engines are a little more finicky, require a little more maintenance, and keeping an eye on uh, Lingenfelter is just plug and play. Now, do you get a lot of support back from Lingenfelter with yours? Like, if you have any issues, just reach back out to them, or was it pretty much buy it they and are, now it's yours? They are some of the nicest people I have ever met, and I'm not under contract with them anymore. Like, I'm not sponsored okay. by them anymore. That was only for 2019, so I'm I'm saying this as a completely free agent, sure. um, not under any obligation. They are the nicest people I've worked with. Them, um, Fortune Auto on, on the suspension side, are oh, some yeah. of my other just like all time favorite genuine people. Uh, Lingenfelter was, I was, I worked directly with Mark Rapson, who is their uh, director for marketing, I believe, it, or CEO. He's their COO and marketing guy. Okay, and and he is so cool. Like, <laughs> like he's this he's this like old school hot rod badass guy. He drives. He drives around this uh, Tahoe or Suburban or something that makes similar power to my car. It's a total <laughs> sleeper. And he just looks badass doing it. But he's so nice and he's so like into this drifting thing, which is kind of new for him. Uh, yeah. Dirk, Dirk Stratton was kind of yep. his first venture into, into drifting stuff. But he's so like into it. It's so it's so cool. So he, he's like uh, he's like <laughs> he's like if you have a dad. You know, you're a kid growing up and you have yeah. your dad and and you're like into into my all this new cool dad. stuff that all the kids all the kids are into this, this new stuff. And you like show your dad and he's like, Oh wow. That is really cool. And he gets all into it with you. Mark, <laughs> Mark's like that. And and the whole process of like specking the engine and the support after I got the engine, they, you know, they asked me who's going to be wiring it. They asked me where I plan to get a tune. They contacted the wiring guy here in Arizona. They contacted the tuner. They like, that's right. They like got in like a three way to make sure everyone's stuff was going to work with each other, like a happy family under the hood. Um, just so thorough. And then during the season, um, logistically for me, the season being based in Arizona and having to do like a full East coast swing while having to take care of my obligations with my nine to five, I had to leave my car and truck and trailer on the East coast for some periods of time. So between, uh, formula drift Atlanta and grid life in Michigan, uh, Mark, let me store my truck trailer and car at the Lingenfelter place. Nice. In uh, what is it, Wix, Wixom, Wixon, Wixom, just outside Detroit, okay, um, in Michigan. He let me store everything there. I unloaded the car. They kept it inside. They like did a service on it, and they're just they were just told, you know, yeah, don't worry about sweet. it. We got you. Well, you know, we'll just we'll just make sure everything's happy. And they're just they're just so nice, man. I love them. Well, that seems like it worked out super well, then. Yeah, I'm I'm so thankful to have. Not were under my hood but have have the the relationship i built with them through last year so nice so you said was it with the same car you were running just a regular ls2 before you got that when you said yep yeah i had the ls2 actually came out of a gto so fancy <laughs> you say all the gtos are out here 
came out of a wrecked GTO and uh, I know people blew love, it up love twice. taking the GTO ones because of the front sump oil pan already on them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I wish I I was young. I was mm, I was <laughs> twenty or nineteen and didn't know dick about LS swaps and, and everything, didn't do any research. I was so idiotic. I sold the front sump pan front sump pan <laughs> off of it. <laughs> so like the main reason yeah. people go oh. for the GTO ones. You you're about to laugh even harder. You oh, you shouldn't shit. laugh that hard because I'm about to, I'm about to I'm about to one up that I sold the front sump pan off of it. Then I built the thing. I put on the, the swap kit, which includes, you know, its own oil pan uh, with a swap kit, which is why I thought I could only ever use that one. Yeah. So I put on the oil pan and I didn't put an oil pan gasket on it. Instead, I oh. used like RTV because the engine that was in the car before was an SR20. And I'm young. Like, I want to reiterate, I was in my late teens. Okay. How Very you know? little experience. 28. Okay. So my SR20, you know, Nissan, almost everything is sealed with RTV. That's like, yeah, <laughs> that's everything on those engines. So I was I'll just coming from that. Oil and, pan, whatever. Yeah, it's all, all RTV. So I, uh, I just did what I knew and I put the new oil pan on and just RTV'd it on. But LS is the oil that goes to the filter and from the filter back to the block passes through the pan gasket mating surface. So you got like, 60 to 80 psi of oil pressure going through the pan to block mating surface and it just blows the rtv right out and in many cases like my case it blows it out to the inside to the back into the pans you don't see a leak on the outside uh so i lost oil pressure yep blew it up rebuilt it in my garage uh used all of my skills i just learned coming out of uti and rebuilt it in my own garage, dropped two pistons face first right on the garage floor, stuck them in anyway. Uh, I thought that the problem was something completely else. So I put it right back together, still with no oil pan gasket, started it up, went out to another drift event, spun all eight rod bearings. And uh, <laughs> yeah, then I rebuilt it the, the, the next time uh, with the help of a shop I used to work with really closely called Forced Air Technologies here in Phoenix. They're the ones who kind of bitch slapped me across the face and said, you need a fucking oil pan gasket. (laughs) (laughs) So, so they built it the, they rebuilt it the second time. So, so I could try running it for the third time and they actually did it right. So, uh, I should just, you know, I should just keep my hands off. It it started to sound that way. (laughs) I know better now, man. Like I could do it now. I promise. I promise. I don't, I don't care who knows. I'm an idiot. Maybe it'll help some other person who thinks they're, that they're too embarrassed to share oh, dude, what I'm they sure did. Will. Uh, here, here's a prime example right here, man. I, I didn't even put a damn oil pan gasket on. So, um, I, I'm happens I, to everyone without a doubt. I'm sure it will. I, I've been to grassroots events. I've seen the crazy dumb shit that people do. Uh, no one ever wants to talk about the embarrassing shit they've done. Right. But I, I've seen, man, just, I, I've seen people have their car catch on fire and then do a burnout after they get the fire out. Why not? <laughs> Fuck it. It's like the engine's probably fucked anyway. Let's do this. Send it. <laughs> Did you know about my fire story? Did I you hear don't. about that through social media or anything? So it was, it was after, it was last year. And I think it was, yeah, definitely. It was after all the FD stuff. So FD was over. I had this awesome 20 in my garage now. Uh, I could breathe a sigh of relief. We didn't sure. total it doing Formula Drift. So I'm like, I'm going to go to a car show. So I wanted to go to our <laughs> weekly Scottsdale Pavilion car show. It's a drive-in 
don't have to pay anything every Saturday night. It's really cool. Um, so I wanted to street it up there. So I drove it up the one one Um, it's like a 15 to 20 minute drive for me. Felt awesome. Felt like such a badass driving this FT car on the highway, got off the highway, smelled a little bit of ethanol. And I was like, Hmm, Oh no. you know, Lingenfelter did tell me that my tune was a little rich. So mm, that's pretty rich. I definitely smell some fuel. <laughs> and as, as I pulled into the car show, as I was pulling into the car show where everyone was, creeping in there like five miles an hour and then big fireball comes up from under my hood and it also blows up around my feet catches fire because i have a little inspection hole in the side of my transmission tunnel so i can uh look at the clutch slave cylinder it's it's like less than the size of a dime but fuel of course came in to my feet so it caught fire up my feet caught fire coming up under the hood um big old fire of course for just a couple seconds and then it it kept burning at a lower rate because it was just had to burn off all the initial fuel first but yeah, the fuel was still coming out of the yeah so but it was still burning because the, the fuel line had come off of the fuel pressure regulator it was still squirting fuel out so pulled my fire suppression and i'm really glad that my guy ravi at we don't lift racing hooked me up with such a good fire suppression system because that doused everything saved my ass saved the car <laughs> God um, damn. it couldn't save my ego but it saved the car <laughs> as it happens in front of everyone just you get dusted inside the car everyone and, and as i was i mean i pulled the fire suppression and as that was working as that was working i'd still gotten out of the car ran like was calling 911 to get the fire department to come because i wasn't sure if it was really going to put the whole fire out and i wanted them coming so yeah when it was all said and done i was the guy at the front of the car show with this big ostentatious anime city car and a fire truck on one side and two police cars on the other standing on the curb in my anime shirt, talking to cops <laughs> and the whole car show was watching. It was great. It was I, so great. I just, I, I was hoping that what you were going to say that you got out of the car yelling. So I could say you were the weeb version of Ricky Bobby. <laughs> no, but if I, if I knew that it was all going to turn out, okay, I probably would have put on a show. But at the time, I just wanted to run into the Shell convenience store and steal a bottle of water so I can like pour it over my engine because there were still a couple of electrical connectors that were oh, that shit. were burning, and I wanted. So I, <laughs> I was, I think I was. No, I was probably yelling a little bit, but it was just at the nine one one person. Yeah. Oh, no, I wish I got in my underwear, man. That would have been fun. <laughs> it would have made it worth it, I think, at that point at least. So, hey, if I'm putting on a show because my car is on fire, why not put on a show entirely? That's what I got it. That's the mindset I need to adapt going forward. Even if it seems like the whole world's ending, go out with a bang. Strip exactly. down and get in my underwear. Always get in your underwear. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Good idea. It's worth hey, to live you know, life if, it, by. If, it's, if it's showing up on my Instagram, you know, in the next week or two, you you can take credit. Well, I was I, I was asked I was told to ask you about something that almost is on par with all that. Uh, what is it about an oh Andrew's butt Facebook page? Mm-hmm. I might need to, uh, I might need to call my lawyer. <laughs> um, I recently hid that page. Well, I hid it to anyone who's not already, who hasn't already liked it. And I had to, because that, yes. Okay. So to get, every, to get the whole listener up to speed, um, I'll answer the basic question first. I have a Facebook page. It's called Andrew's butt. It's, it's, it's a parody page about my butt because it's it's 
I got a nice butt. <laughs> so <laughs> my friend, my friend in high school made it for me. It was like junior year. I think my friend okay. made it for me in high school. And it was just completely funny. Like we, it got like 50 likes from friends we had in high school. Cause it was kind of just an inside joke there about my butt being really round. Okay. Um, and that's all, that's all it was. And, and it just sat for years until, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago when I was living out here out already. Yeah. Like a couple people from out here, my friends out here, a couple of people uh, learn about it and like it. And then it kind of spreads a little bit out here and it's just kind of been like a slow simmer, a little bit of an inside joke, you know, still just all fun, whatever. Totally cool. And, and I've just left it up and I really haven't po- like nothing really gets posted to it. I think I probably posted like maybe four or five posts the entire decade that I've lived out in Phoenix <laughs> and, and, and had control of the page. My friend had to give me like admin rights. Um, and it was just kind of a, kind of a, a conversation piece, kind of a joke. And then the past couple of years specifically, it had started to get noticed by like creepy old dudes. Oh, um, yeah. Like creepy dudes started think start, started finding it and thinking it was like a legitimate like porn page. Uh, and uh and they started liking it they start they started commenting on like some of the first pictures from when i was in high school um really like really like cringy dirty things and then like my friends from high school who had commented on that picture from like 2009 they got notifications they got notified yeah so they got notifications and then they like responded or like they messaged me they're like what the fuck is happening to that page and um so like i think i should go look but i think it's a couple hundred like creepy dudes ended up liking the page before I had to mute it. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I stopped short of like completely deleting it. Cause it's still kind of a funny, uh, like nostalgic memory for me. I kind of liked the joke that it yeah. started as in high school. And, and I really want it to like remain just an innocent joke. So I didn't completely delete it. Cause I'm still kind of clinging onto that, but I think I just have to delete it soon. Cause <laughs> I don't see it like, I don't know how to correct something like that. I don't know. I don't know how to steer it away from that direction, but that's, that's my butt page in summary. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, kind of started off funny and like a, like a joke and turn, turn kind of dark. You just need to steer it into, you know, Hey, support my fan club page of your butt page. <laughs> Probably could make an only fans. There uh, we go. An only fans, Andrew's butt. I'm pretty confident. Like, I don't really have a problem doing things that kind of embarrass myself just for the enjoyment of others. Yeah. But I, I really, I really think I, I, I can't see myself crossing that line. I can't even to make a few bucks, man. Like I can't post pictures of my butt <laughs> for like creepy old dudes sitting on the internet to, creepy to old get a hold of. Love to, uh, okay? I, I don't think I can go there. <laughs> so they should look, I'm not, I'm not the guy. <laughs> Oh, it's oof. It, it, so it made much me, worse than I expected. <laughs> oh, talk, dude, call back any time, man. This is my whole life. We can go all day. Oh, man. So <laughs> one thing I was wondering, um, with last year being your first and only year in Pro 2, did you go through a Pro-Am or how did you qualify to get into FD? I was still thinking about my butt page. Can you ask that again? <laughs> How did you go about qualifying to get into FD? Okay. So I went through Southwest drift pro-am there's like, you know, pro-am feeder series across yeah. the U S um, 
this one was the most accessible to me. They usually, it's a bit of a traveling series around the Southwest. It's usually um, as far East as New Mexico, as far North as Colorado. Um, and okay. then like Phoenix and Phoenix and Vegas area. So I competed in that series for, I think the first time I entered one of their rounds was 2015, I want to say. And I just entered the one that came by locally. Cause I was, I was like, Hey, what is it like to compete? Completely blew it, whatever. <laughs> um, and then I did, I did like the full season of theirs in 27, 2016 and 2017, 2016. I went to every round didn't do great. It was fine. But 2017, I went to every round and I like did decent. I qualified every round. I won some battles. I uh, got on one podium and that landed me in third place for the whole season. And that was the cutoff for getting a pro two license. So okay. squeaked, squeaked in there by the, yeah. by the hair on my chinny chin chin. And you know, fuck it. I'll just, this is my chance to go to FD. I don't care if I didn't win the championship. I yeah. still want to check FD off my bucket list. So I'm still going to make a run at it. And you did it. There, there it is. Yeah. That's right, <laughs> took, took 2018 off to, to kind of build finances and, and talk to sponsors and everything. And then dove into 2019. The, when, the license is good for two years. So, yeah. When you competed in the pro-am, were you running the LS2 or the, did you already invest in the Ligenfelter setup? Uh, I just had the LS2. Lingenfelter okay. uh, didn't come on board until it was, it was FD time. Okay. That makes sense. So I was making like 405 horsepower. And, and that's that's fine. I mean, actually, I don't know. Pro Am's Pro Am gets pretty gnarly year over year, so maybe four hundred isn't enough anymore. But in twenty in twenty seventeen, <laughs> it was okay. Yeah, um, like I I know I checked out a lot of the East Ten Drift events, and I I'm pretty sure the person that won it is pushing around seven hundred horse. I believe it. Um, and then but like and there's people that are competing in there and still doing a half decent job with like three to four hundred horse. You know, um, a lot of it comes down to track selection. Oh, without that can a doubt. Because you know, you can a have a million. Track. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I, the the whole argument going on online about you know pro am is getting too inaccessible for grassroots guys and all the pro am guys or what FD guys were two years ago. I get that, and and I totally like I understand that argument, and I don't necessarily disagree with it. But the tracks that pro am runs are usually not texas motor speedway they're not true um big you know big tracks like that so you have to think about the tracks that your series is competing on if if like like southwest drift the series i competed in some some years they'll come do a round at muscleman honda circuit tucson which is a go-kart track yeah well the dude the dude with 700 horsepower isn't going to get anything out of that power at a go-kart track so you're just a disadvantage yeah yeah it can be because they they have to pedal the throttle a, a lot more they might not look as exciting out there because they're, they're driving their car at like 10% and the judges react to a less exciting looking run. The guy with the Miata flooring it through the entire track might look more aggressive. I don't know. It's, it's kind of one of the worries I've had going to um, LS Fest for either of them, uh, especially East, though. It seemed like much more of a difference uh, for the last two years I've been uh, whenever you have qualifying happen and everything else and you end up having people like yourself and Taylor hole that are 700 plus horsepower. And then if you qualify high, you're going up against the low qualifier that might be 350 horsepower. So on mm -hmm. your lead runs, you're really having to pedal it because like, it's just in an instant you can catch up. 
Yeah. Or you will or you'll go too far and go straight into their car. Yep, I hear that. Um, or you're hearsed and go into a wall. Either way. Oof. <laughs> oh, Hearst. I love Hearst, man. Oh, His dude, car. He's fantastic. He, he's honestly, um, I don't know if he listens to this or not, but I don't, I don't care either way. That dude <laughs> is so inspiring. He's so inspiring, man. He gets this shit done on a literal shoestring budget. Oh, yeah. Like the, the commitment there. about how much mm. is being spent on his journey, too. Yeah. Yeah. He's so transparent. Just so like, um, Hey, I'm just going to, you know, document this stuff that no one else really documents. Maybe it'll be helpful for someone. A lot of people keep yep. that close to their chest because, um, uh, for a variety of reasons, one I can definitely think of is, uh, sponsors, you know, yep. uh, if you totally put out there exactly what you're spending, um, you know, that can take a little bit of leverage away if you're trying to negotiate sure. sponsorships and then things like that. And even more um, surprising is he kind of comes from a drag racing background where typically you hold all that to your chest, even more so of hiding information is kind of a thing with drag racing. Yeah. But fuck it, man. This is drifting, man. Drifting is <laughs> grassroots. We're all, we're all homies. Like, fuck it, dude. Talk about what you spend. It's whatever. We're yeah. all friends. Yeah, it's Both cool. him and human <laughs> have been on the podcast before. Mm. Um, and I, I'm, I believe if English town still happens, I'm covering them in it. So, uh, I'll talk shit as both. long as I'm also helping him out. <laughs> <laughs> both really good dudes. That was oh, yeah. some of like my favorite parts about doing FD that the best memories that I'll cherish forever is just simply getting to, um, getting to be at the same places as all these other drivers and, and like interact with them more on their level. Like. Hey, I'm a driver too now, so we can both, like, we have that in common, um, that we can both talk about being drivers in FD, just getting to know them and just playing on that same field. Just so cool. I think that's a big thing because, like, going into me trying to do media for, for, like, FD and drifting and everything is I've always had anyone that's competing at anything, really, like, that's at a national level. Like, I put them on a podium and think, oh, why would they want to chat with me type of thing? But I now have quite a few friends that are NFD, Pro 1, Pro 2, whatever. And it's just like, oh, yeah, they just want to fuck around and hang out. And in Human's case, play StarCraft. <laughs> um, so. I have no experience with, with other professional forms of sports or motorsports. I have, I have no experience with trying to interact with the people at the top in different uh, disciplines. Yeah. But just strictly speaking off my experience with FD, I come in, uh, you know, wet behind the ears in my, in my rookie season of formula drift pro two to my first round in Orlando. And I've never met Chris Forsberg before in my life, but I needed, I needed like a stop welded for my clutch pedal. So I didn't okay. overextend it. Uh, he was the only other dude who had like loaded in at that point and just walked over there. And uh, next thing you know, his welders, welding me up a, a stop on my car and then chris <laughs> forgot his chris forgot his uh, string alignment set and we brought one and he asked to use ours so it was like a little trade thing and and that that just that little experience right there set the bar and left me thinking like this is the fucking shit dude like we, we're like <laughs> professionals we're at like the pinnacle you know the pinnacle uh di- um uh the pinnacle series in our in our discipline we yeah. are we are the professionals and and we're just over here like we're just over here acting like buddies in a parking lot, borrowing shit from each other. It's, it's pretty sick. I don't know if NASCAR teams do that. I don't know if other, I don't know if that exists elsewhere. I don't have experience, but 
I know it doesn't have D, and that's that's fucking rad. I yeah. love it. It's crazy to see like direct competitors. Granted, like you and Forsberg are Pro One, Pro Two, but I've seen it sure. time and time again where two people that are direct competitors that may be doing a you know maybe doing a battle in the next hour, and they'll help yeah. each other. You know, hey, I, I I'm needing to finish up my car so I can get to this, and someone from a you know an opposing crew will help them out because they yeah, need help absolutely absolutely that happens um, I, I wasn't even i wasn't even talking about it in the sense of like we work direct competitors but just strictly like here's a sure. dude that this guy's never met before at yeah. all ever and, and just cool as hell to, you know he's super cool to help you out yeah yeah complete stranger and this 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 guy's the type of person to be like yeah man, yeah man cool like we're, we're homies i'll help you out <laughs> That, that takes a special kind of person to, to entrust in a total stranger like that and just treat them, treat them befriendingly right off the bat, knowing nothing about their background or anything. Absolutely. And I, and I think that's, I, I'd have to imagine it exists a lot more so in drift than other sports, because not every sport when you're going out there, like no matter like FD has become exponentially more competitive in the last few years. But if you're not smiling when you're sending a car sideways at 60 miles an hour or however fast, just leaving a trail of a fucking cloud behind you, then something's wrong because like it's a sport where like the point of it is, is halfway to have fun and halfway to like you, you have to hit all the qualifying measures, of course, you know, uh, being so close to clipping points, et cetera. But like still at the heart of it, you're fucking sending a car sideways. I, I think you're onto something there. I really think there might be a correlation because drifting is subjective. It's not an objective motorsport like all yeah. the other ones where it's, it, it's numbers based. It's time it's based. It's judge sport. It's judge. So it's about you throwing down and putting on a show. So the type of people who are into competing in that sort of format um, in terms of just putting on a show and being rad and looking cool and being like, oh, sick. That was awesome. You see that? It was yeah. On the wall. Um, though, you know, you might be onto something. There's a correlation. The type of people who are seeking out that might behave more, might behave less, um, obviously not, not less competitively, but less, what's the word more, more befriendingly. I, I, yeah, I don't want to say serious more, because plenty of, yeah. you know, it is a very serious thing that's going on, but it's something you get to actually go out and enjoy. And so, like, I, like, yeah. I, I have no doubt that a Formula One driver gets to enjoy driving 200 miles an hour around ridiculous turns all day. But at the end of the day, they're like, okay, I need to knock off this one thousandth of a second off my time. Otherwise, I'm not going to qualify. Or an FD yeah, driver is just like, no, I need to send it harder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the dude who finishes last in FD or the dude who finishes last in Formula One is probably not coming off the track with a smile on their face laughing. They have to go to a meeting. They have to analyze the data what went wrong yeah. with engineers and have this whole serious thing in fd the guy who, who immediately gets knocked out in top 32 there's a really good chance he's still coming off the track going oh that was so fucking fun what unless it's chris stops blues <laughs> drive <he laughs> driving <laughs> off the jack stands in road atlanta never forget no shit <laughs> savage i love that dude is insane like dude, that dude is absolutely ridiculously insane um, that was him, right? That was that was him. They did that. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I remember someone else pulling up. Who, who was it that crushed the clock? <laughs> um, oh, shit. Oh, shit. I, uh, 
can almost remember that, but I don't want to say with certainty. Was it Poisonwood? I don't know. It's, it I'm going to sound, like I'm gonna sound stupid. Type of, oh, dude. I'm horrible. I want to say it was Forsberg. Yeah. It, it seems like it's oh. either like a Jeff Jones or Forsberg type of thing to have happen. I could see actually that happening to Jeff Jones. I, I remember why I watched that one live. I wanted to say it was either like Forsberg or Osbo. I don't remember. I'm going to sound dumb. But okay. yeah, I, I'm, I'm horrible at remembering who did that type of shit. And I will have, I'll probably have a friend of mine message me an hour after I post this podcast. I'll be like, Hey, why the fuck didn't you know it was this person? Yeah. Yeah. You will. You absolutely will. I'll have the same happen to me too. <laughs> but I do remember seeing that and it was so cool. And, and that's, that's another thing I want to talk about that, that the people who, the organizers of FD, the staff are also just as, just as hyped up as drivers are about drifting. Oh yeah. Um, because when they when they ran over that clock and, and <laughs> completely smashed it, like you could see the staff guy who was there, um, just kind of like he just like took it as a meme. He was like, oh, "What the fuck? That's okay." <laughs> you know, there everyone was just everyone was just trying to make the fans happy and have a party. It's, oh yeah, it's really cool. As far as the professional motorsports go, it's uh, it's a little less than professional. Not not like it's immature, but like it's fun. It's sure. fucking fun. Well, once again, at the heart of it, it's a sport that you're sending a car sideways. Yeah. Um, how can it, you, how can you, how can you not have a smile? Yeah. It, it, if you are just looking at this sport and thinking that's dumb, or you know, having looking at this with just that shallow depth of field of oh, what the hell are they doing? Why why are they doing that? What you know, the car could be going faster if it wasn't spinning tires then I kind of want to slap you in the face. Yeah, I would, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be behind you. It's like Next that, slap. The point is to go out there and have a blast, but um, it's like, there's a lot of grassroots guys I've had on the podcast. And one of the questions I typically ask is how far do you want to go in the sport? Because plenty of people want to just have it as a hobby where they can, go out they have a cheap car that's easy to maintain and it's a stress relief for them and then other guys want to get up to be like okay i, I want to compete in pro-am next year and see what i can do or i want to compete in pro yeah. two like yourself and or you know i want to make this a career so i need to compete you know i need to win a pro-am compete pro two get pro one and i want to make this my full-time thing that i do yeah, get some big endorsements and brand partnerships, and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Th that and that's there's there's a lot more options of ways you can go in this sport now besides just FD. There's sure. uh, it, uh, up until pretty recently, it was like okay, FD is kind of your main avenue for for doing big things in the sport. But now there's a lot of other big things you can do without committing to Formula Drift. You can do Grid Life festivals. You can do LS Fest festivals. You can do the these Clutch Kicker events they're doing down in Florida. Yeah, that those those have bigger purses than Formula Drift rounds do. <laughs> um, you can do Hyperfest stuff. Like, there's so many more avenues available now to do big, um, big events that you can get sponsorship backing for without having to make the commitment uh, to Formula Drift and do the competitive uh, bracket style Absolutely. format that they do. Do you, are there any big events that you're planning on hitting this year? Well. COVID sure throws a wrench in a oh, lot of that, but doubt. yeah. Um, so FD was one and done for me. Bucket list checks. Uh, don't think we're going to sustain that, but it was awesome, but I'm not, that doesn't mean I'm throwing in the towel. So we still sure. want to do those big festival style events. 
Um, it took doing a season of FD to solidify in my mind exactly what I want to get out of drifting and how to get that out of it the most efficient way possible. And what that looks like for me is grid life festivals, LS festivals, um, hyperfest stuff, things like that. So okay. up until the pandemic broke out, our plan for this year was to do uh, grid life in Michigan and to do grid life in Colorado at least and do L- LS fest in Las Vegas. Those were going to be our three big main entrees for the year. And then the rest of it was going to be local events and grassroots stuff, whatever. Now all of that's up in the air. Who knows what we're going to do this year? Maybe, maybe we'll just crack a cold one with the boys and wait till 2021. I don't know. I'm not done. The car's not going anywhere. I'm not selling it. What's just, the big event that happens in Arizona every year? Desert Mayhawk. Yes. And that's, that's a given for me because it's 15 minutes away from my house. Oh, so shit. I was there. I was there the last two years and, and, I don't think that one's going to get pushed back this year, but of course, knock on wood, you never know with how 2020 is going, but planning on being there as well. Very cool. Um, do you now, it, is it worth it for someone in your spot to try and head out to like East coast to hit up like Ellis Fest East or. Yeah, I say totally, especially if you can run it back to back with another event out there around okay. the same time frame. And, and this is going to differ person to person, but for me personally, I love road tripping. I love towing my trailer across the country. So I, for me, it's totally worth it to, you know, save up for a few months, not have all these FD rounds so close to each other and have the time to, to just save up some cash and then make a road trip out for LS Fest and have a good time with all the boys out there, uh, do some, do some solid drifting in a greener part of the country and then make the trek back to Arizona. Well, totally you, worth it. If you need a spot to leave a trailer, just hit me up. I appreciate it, man. I will. It, that, that's another part of this drifting community, man. That's what <laughs> happened. That's what happened after Orlando this past year. Some dude I never knew in my life, never met before in my entire life. Let me leave my trailer and my truck and my car at his house yeah. between Orlando and Atlanta while I flew home back to Phoenix. I'm, the nicest people. I love drifting. I'm like an hour and a half from Beach Bend and I have a shop. So just let me that's know. That's sick. <laughs> the year the year i did ls fest east when we met um i did because i had just done grid life south in atlanta and then okay. uh nick swan hit me up and was like hey man ls fest east is only two weeks after atlanta is there any like is there any way you want to try to back to back it would be awesome to have you out there and uh and i was like you know what fuck it yeah okay <laughs> i will i'll fly back home and go back to work and i'll fly back out and hit up ls fest east um and, and that that really makes it worth it to do a cross country journey. If you could do something like that, where you can hit a couple events before going oh, sure. everything back. Really glad I did it too, because that was the best result I've ever had in the competition. I finished second, <laughs> still still never won. Have not been on top of the box, but I got second in LS, LSS East, and there was a cash per, so that helped with fuel. Oh man, super glad I made that choice. Yeah. Thank you, Nick Swan, if you listen to this for for uh, making that suggestion. I really- also got introduced to White Claw. <laughs> I really hope this year. I know uh, I, I'm trying to remember when LS Fest East typically happens, but um, we've had a what a drift group that used to exist for Tennessee Drift and has just kind of resurged this year because um, East Ten Drift just had too much going on. And uh, there's a track out here I absolutely love because we have a sweeper that people do hundred plus hundred to 120 miles an hour on. Um, <laughs> okay where is this uh nashville super speedway it's about 30 minutes outside of nashville 
Are these um, are these events that Human puts on, or is that East Ten Drift? Human does Turismo Drift. Oh, okay. Um, he, he like he might show up to a Tennessee Drift or an East Ten Drift event, um, or even some of the other grassroots stuff. He'll bring out his crap car, his uh, little G thirty five. Okay, wait. Um, there's a crap car underneath his three fifty. Yes, his his three fifty is going to be the medium car. It appears. That's not the crap car? I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm sorry, it, Human. I love you. I love Human. You, you don't have to say that on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I, uh, I can't wait to see Human's new car. I really can't. I, like, I'm so fucking psyched. But uh, for him to have a car that's pretty much matching Hearst is going to be interesting. Eight. Are they team? Oh, they're teaming up, huh? Yeah, like that was their plan for this oh, year yeah. was for them to team up and run the same suspension, same engines, and that way they just kind of have a sharing of spare parts. Hell yeah, that's dope. That's so dope. Um, I think those two are a really good fit for each other too. Dude, they are fucking great. Like they are so much fun to hang out with. Um, just fly down here and hang out with us. <laughs> hey man, low key. Maybe high key because it's going to be out for all the all the publics here. Fuck it. Yeah. Um, Sophia and I are totally like, I don't. We're not planning, but we're totally open to moving east if there's a good opportunity that presents itself. We're both we're both from back east. Sophia's from Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm from Cleveland. Oh hell yeah! And we really miss the green shit. So like, I have a good gig down here. He's on. But like, both of us are like, you know what? If something presented itself, I mean, there's uh, we miss we miss that here. side of it. Yeah, exactly. There's headquarters, so. There's a few uh, opportunities. I'm not an engineer. I'm a technician. Gotcha. So there's is, oh, yeah, there's, there's a little bit less on the technician side, but there's a ton yeah. of stuff for that here because I mean we still have the factory and dealerships like crazy and whatever else. Yeah, um, my uh, my bosses might listen to the podcast before I have a chance to have a one on one like for career goals with them. But <laughs> the next time I the next time I have a career goals meeting, I plan to tell them like, hey, you know, if something ever opens up back east, um, if my name was in the hat, oh man just, just the trees the green trees <laughs> so nice green trees in middle tennessee has at least one drift event per month that's beautiful that's what we were used to out here with uh the go fast entertainment people at nice. wild horse pass yeah. once a month yeah uh there's a clark's clarksville drift that's like 50 bucks to drive happens once a month at least oh uh, man and, and then steel yeah and then you have tennessee drift that's at beach bend that runs ls fest layout as well as that's as dope nashville super speedway which is once again the best fucking track ever uh that's as dope long as yeah try and maintain it and uh, I'd, lo- I'd love to get back out there i'd love to get back out to that side of the country I, I miss i miss it i didn't think yeah. i miss it i mean i love the palm it's it's tough i love the palm trees i love the warm weather out of here and stuff but like i have so much nostalgia from living in the Midwest and, and Sophie has a lot of nostalgia from Tennessee. Yeah. Um, that it would be, it'd be pretty cool to get back there. But if we don't, you know, if, if keep working out here and you know, the job grounds is good and it's all Gucci, yeah. at least being able to road trip out there for these, these rad events is, yeah. it, take, it takes the edge off. And, and I know I have family out there and I've had other people from the podcast on from out there. Cause I had a uh, Paco on, um, so just people out there are terrible. Just move back here. Paco's horrible. He, he won't listen <laughs> you say, to this. You say, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm about to buy a kit from Paco, uh, in the next like day or two. So I gotta, I gotta be on really good, good terms with Paco for at least another two days. Paco, Abara, when, when do, you, do not sell him the kit. <laughs> when are you posting this? 
Uh, Friday? All right, cool. I'll buy a kit by then. That sounds good. <laughs> as long um, as I get that transaction out of the way. Oh, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably have it set up for Friday, so that way I'll be headed to Clutch Kickers after that. Um, oh, my God. That's right. That's about to happen. Yep, that's Shit. this weekend. Damn, it's about to be lit. Oh, see, that's another thing that you're missing by not being out here is Clutch Kickers. If if I, if we ever moved east and, and Clutch Kickers is still a thing, I'm going to be it. I'm going to eat those events like crack. That that looks like the most fun. Like, I don't know who came up with it. I don't know the person behind it, but thank you for doing it. Right. Clutch Kickers looks so dope. And I mean, I think it's six hours. It's about six and a half hours from Nashville. That's nothing compared to the driving we've been doing the past couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's, that's, that's like a trip to the store. It's easy. <laughs> um, so it, it's, it's been great. Like how many series and everything are within, like, especially if I just talked about what was within three hours from here is unreal. Um, uh, wait, where do you, where do you live exactly? I live in Columbia slash spring Hill, Tennessee. So about 30 okay. minutes South of Nashville. Okay. Um, can't, I can't relate a bunch that can contribute, but tell me what's oh, within three hours. <laughs> uh, I know Riverside Drift in Indiana. Uh, all the stuff at Beach Bend. Uh, Mid Pond, which is a little go-kart track in Alabama that does drifting like once every two or three months. I've seen a bunch of media from Grid Pond. Uh, <laughs> Grid Pond. I'm, I'm three oh, my tri- God. I'm th- <laughs> I'm three truly's deep. Uh, I've seen a lot of media from mid pond specifically. I have a Facebook friend, Ryan Koffel, never yep. met him in real life, but he's, he seems to, he seems to know be to know uh mid pond. So I've seen some of that. Yeah. Mid, mid pond is an interesting one. It's, uh, it's a very slow speed technical track because it is a go-kart track. And also they uh, run motorcycles on it. Oh, that's uh, sick. But it's super narrow, so if you hit dirt, like you just you're gonna spin out and you're gonna hit dirt because um it's just a full like you can you can drift the you can basically connect almost the whole track, if not the whole track, and you don't have to get off the track until you want to. That's pretty <laughs> I'm down for that. So like I I've seen people just drifting out there for thirty minutes without changing tires or anything. That's sick. You know what that reminded me of? And I'm not sure exactly why, but when you said you can just uh, drift forever until you come in, that reminded me of Texas. The first time I ever drove Texas was in 2019 for Formula Drift. And the Texas Motor Speedway Formula Drift layout was by far like my favorite track I've ever Is done in my life. Is it the big life. figure eight, kind of? No, no it's, it's like the gigantic right-hand turn oh, shit, yes. to the long straightaway and then the left and then the right against the tire wall where Vaughn totaled his car when he backs it into the wall. Yeah. Um, that track is no lift, at least for me in my car. You could, I could drive that entire track without lifting. That's I didn't, bad. I don't have, I don't have the balls. I lifted <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I lifted a little bit going into the tire wall. Definitely. But I yeah. could have, if I had the balls, I could have not lifted that entire track. And I, I haven't really experienced that on a track on a fourth year track like that before to just what it, what it feels like to drive my car just using the angle to slow it down and just, just keeping the right foot down all the way the whole time. It was, Oh, so good. Like, Oh my God. So good. Anyway, I don't know why that reminded me of that. Oh no, you're good. Brought me back. That's awesome. That was, that was so rad. I love that track. Um, Oh yeah. And then also there's all the East Tennessee events. 
Sort mm-hmm. of nice That's what Sophia is familiar stuff. with. Yeah. Um, Louie is one of the nicest, coolest guys ever that runs East 10 Drift, and I've had him on here too. Uh, if you're not Facebook friends with him, you need to be. He's fucking great. Um, Louie? Louie. Louie Garza. Louis Garza, thank you for the last name. I was yep. I was gonna say like yeah okay I'll search I'll search Louis on Facebook. I have like four thousand some friends. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how many Louis. Yeah, Louis Garza, super cool dude. Yeah. Runs East Ten. Uh, sadly, they had to out. Have all the pro am guys had to like all all the pro am events been canceled for this year? I know he had to or he did, but I wasn't sure if all pro ams did or not. I don't know if I'm supposed to keep tabs, but I haven't keep kept yeah, tabs on program shit i have no, good, no idea i i don't know <laughs> like like you have anything else going on in your life no. <laughs> I, I feel like the guy who did fd like should be in the loop you know with, with all the <laughs> drift stuff going on i i don't even know when our next local event is okay like i yeah. wait for my friends to tell me it's like I, oh shit i need to get ready <laughs> tomorrow fuck <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then also Memphis. Until you know, uh, Memphis. Oh shit, Memphis is drifting. Yeah, Memphis International Raceway has events. Uh, Traction Optional is the group out there. Damn, they got um, they drifting them donks, twenty sixes on the on the cut list. I haven't seen that quite yet, but uh, I want to. <laughs> I, I'm, I I would watch. Um, Damn, and that would be sick. I guess Memphis, Tennessee. Atlanta. That's that's three six mafia territory. Yeah, and uh, Atlanta is four or five hours away, so you have like Lanier and Road Atlanta and all that shit. See, Tennessee is sick. I <laughs> when I and when I I've been there, I, I haven't county. gone there. It's perfect. Tennessee is perfect. I didn't know it until I started dating uh, my now wife Sophia, and when I went there for the first time to visit where she's from, I never yeah. realized how just fucking perfect Tennessee is. It's the. the not only it's its own beauty with the Smoky Mountains, but the geographic location, you can get to like all these big hot spots around that side of the country in like three hours. And now all your Arizona peeps will disown you. <laughs> wow. Arizona's <laughs> awesome too. I think Phoenix Phoenix has some of that same appeal because you can get to LA and Las Vegas and yeah. Denver, you know, and, and I know Denver is like twelve hours, but Las Vegas and, and Los Angeles, you can get to those big hubs, you know, in in a relatively short amount of time. True. So I think Phoenix is kind of that same idea. Tennessee though, you mix, you mix that same concept in with the smoky mountains and, yeah. uh, mm, and some Mountain Dew. Yep. Oh God. Yep. Good. And you can get some, sun, have you had sun drop? Oh yeah. Okay. I made a sun drop did a promotion. Like when I was in high school, 2010, 2009, they did some promotion, like make a video to like, Make your own like Sundrop commercial to that <laughs> that song they had with Snoop Dogg. I can't. It's coming back to me a little bit. Anyway, I made a I made a Sundrop commercial song to participate in their sweepstakes. If there's any I don't know way they, this can get on YouTube, I will share it. I will back it in any way possible. My high school reunion is in like I think it's like four weeks, three or four weeks from now. Uh, so I'll try to I'll try to figure out the people I made that with. See if it still exists. That's awesome. it. Was probably really cringy. Oh, I'm sure it was. That's why it's amazing. I don't even remember what the grand prize was. It was probably like a 12 pack of sun drop, but <laughs> we did it anyway. <laughs> um, that's awesome. <laughs> hey, can you, can you hear any whistling in my background? Yes. Just a little bit. 
I'm so sorry. I'm going to move because I'm talking in the backyard. My wife and our friends are painting inside the house and my neighbor's air conditioning unit is about to catch fire. I swear. (laughs) Let me move. I'll help you out. I'm good now. It doesn't run on ethanol. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't. Well, maybe hopefully it does because I know how to handle it. Been there, done that. (laughs) I can help him out. Absolutely. All right, I'm safe now. We're good. (laughs) So, what are your goals with drifting going forward from here? Really, just hanging out, going to events where you can try and do like the one and done competes, or my goals with drifting going forward are to extract as much fun and stress relief and enjoyment and memories, future memories that I can out of it with my wife, Sophia, because she has her own car now and she's just as into it as I am. So I want to drive with her. She has an S13 hatch. What else? You know, uh, we have, (laughs) we have three S13 hatches at my house and (laughs) one of them is my drift car. One's her street car. And she has a drift car. We bought it, um, from my best friend here in, in Arizona, actually Griffin Bodie, uh, we've been friends since 2011. I was in, when we were in UTI, um, and he's had this hatch with an SR in it, and it's been amazing. He does paint bodywork as a as a profession. Okay. So, ever since Sophia met me, ever since she's lived here, uh, her and Griffin have been great friends. I mean, Griffin's car has been her like favorite car here forever, and he wanted to sell it recently. Uh, last year, he wanted to sell it, and at the point he wanted to sell it, it was purple with a hot pink roof with flake on it, and just Sophia was just goggling over it and we had a shell for her in the backyard at that point which we were planning to build into her car from from a bare shell which would have been cool for you know bragging rights but would have been like four times the cost and three times the amount of time um so griffin put his car for sale and i went to sophia i was like hey listen turn key you can get on track tomorrow and this is your favorite (laughs) car in, in the state like this is this is your favorite car you've ever seen since you've lived here. You know, I think yeah. it's kind of fate. And she's like, hot damn. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so we bought that car off him and that's, that's, uh, so she's, she started drifting that. So, and, and she's doing great. Like I'm, I'm hands off. She's, she just knows what she's doing. So our, my, my goal for drifting going forward is to enjoy it the most that I possibly can with her and just build amazing memories, going to events like grid lifes and, and LS Fest and Hyperfest and, other fests. Awesome. Uh, you know, uh, I'm, 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 I'm as many fests as there are, <laughs> all the fests. Everything that involves spinning tire fest. Uh, yeah, everything. <laughs> uh, ha- have you guys looked into it, um, trying to check out any of the Drift Kitchen events with her getting into drifting? The what? Drift, Drift Kitchen? Kitchen? Yeah. I never heard of that. Oh, man. See, you need to check out my podcast, man. Uh, there's a, I, I will. There's a group uh, in the Northeast, though. Like they had, I, I know they were planning on doing one or two events in Texas. I don't know. I, I haven't checked out their schedule recently, but I should. Um, but it's an all-female drift group called Drift Kitchen, and they put on drift clinics that are typically all women. Um, oh so, shit! Yeah, so that way you know they're trying to get more women into the sport and in a way that's not as aggressive as just regular grassroots and dealing with people that are idiots often. That's super cool. I had no idea that existed. Um, but yeah, definitely check them out on Facebook. They're super cool. And hopefully they still have events planned for this year. Cause 
Um, I, I hope that uh, they get as much attention as they can. Yeah. Um, ah, that's awesome. Thank you. I will look that up. <laughs> we have we have clinics here at our local events. They do drift clinics, which is a great opportunity for her to just get on track and uh, absolutely have all the t- have all the time for herself to learn. Um, but ha- an all female clinic? That's sick. Yeah. Um, and I know. I, ha- I, I want to say. Uh, I know for some of the like events within like six hours, they'll drive their drift cars out to the events. Um, and I couldn't imagine taking a car that no more insulation and has a cage six hours. Drift week. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> Drift week. Respect. See, Respect for those guys. That, that's what you need to try and do is drift week. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to regear my four speed dog box a little bit and then get back to you. <laughs> I'm at, I'm at like, Four, four, four to forty five hundred RPM at, at like highway speed. Ooh. Okay, <laughs> be, okay, it might be a little loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And horrible mileage. Was that going to be about three or four miles per gallon on the eighty five? Three or four, three or four gallons per mile. Yeah, yeah, that, something like that's that. Pro- that's probably more accurate. <laughs> um, I would, dude. I would love drift week. Sounds like a dream. Like, I, who doesn't dream of like? stunting with their drift car on the street oh, yeah. like on on a long trip like that and, and then just driving it at tracks and then getting back on the highway that's shit and having a props trailer to aaron to it with your car with your tires what <laughs> yeah props to aaron losi losi i think it's yeah. losi i hope i'm pronouncing that right but props to him for for pioneering that as yeah. like a it's hey amazing. this is an actual thing now yeah perfect perfect that's so cool um i, I want to do it i want to i want to do it i just need to like completely rebuild my car to be conducive to highway driving but yeah i wanted to do that i, I hope it succeeds so much um I, I had fielding on here and we talked about it a little bit yeah um, fielding's fielding's sick i met him he came out here to to co-host a car show with me this this january and we that's we talked cool. a bunch that that dude's that dude's pretty nice i like him um but yeah just being able to find out a little bit of what was all going on with uh the drift week and then also all the other stuff he'd been up to but uh I, it it, make, it makes me wonder what would be the best car to run in drift week because like there are definitely better options than others like it seems like having like a G35 or a Corvette are the two best options and they're very I different I can see cars. that <laughs> Yeah, but it makes sense in my head especially if you have a Corvette well it makes sense in my head, even though they're two totally different cars, because a Corvette already has the powertrain you want in it for drifting. Yeah. And that, that's that's factory, so there's, there's some reliability there. Um, but then the G35 makes a lot of sense in my head, because those things run for fucking ever. Yeah. And and they have room. They have a back seat. You know, you got room to put shit in it. True. So, yeah, it totally makes sense to me. Um, and and there's a ton of there's a ton of them made, both models, so you oh, can yeah. get parts everywhere. Uh I think that would be the part that would be the scare. Like, well, two forties, of course, are like the most well-known drift car to ever drift in a drifting manner. Um, you can't always find parts for a two forty everywhere. That's true. That's true. Just trying to get like uh, axles here or, or a hub. Yeah. You know, there's like one. There's like one store in all of Phoenix that'll have it, like the main hub store. 
but all the other ones yeah. won't. You have to drive to that one or have it ordered in. Yeah, that's weird. I never <laughs> thought about that until you brought it up. It's weird. Like it's they sold a buttload of them. It's a super common car, but so it only seems like the main like hubs for like O'Reilly's or AutoZone will ever have oh, yeah. a part you need. At least if it's powertrain related, like drivetrain. Where, uh, axle, like, hub, things like that. G35s and 350s. And, and I think part of it also has to do with the pure age of the car. Um, yeah, it's probably true. I mean, what's the newest 240? 98? 97? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, where you compare that to no one cared about... No, no one wants to grab a pre-97 Corvette for drifting even because then you're not even running an LS. Paco does. Well, he's running a 2J, and he's in, he's an interesting fellow. Baco also had a Toyota Previa drift car, so, yeah. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Paco's an outlier. When you, yeah. I forget what that's called. Oh, man, middle school math. Uh, I forget what that's called when you're oh. taking, like, a group survey, you know, and you have, yeah. like, the outliers that you throw away, the oh. minimum and maximum. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Paco's that. Yes. Pa- Paco is the one... <laughs> He's the one that's just like, hey, you guys are all doing these things that make sense. Cool. I'm going to make a left turn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you guys are going straight for the path. No, 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 no. Left turn. <laughs> zigzag. I got to turn around now to get back to where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> I, lo- I love him for it. Oh, absolutely. You could have bought. You could have had an S14. But instead, you took S14 suspension geometry and you you put it in a minivan. So okay, you so ha- it's a long way round. You took the long way round, Paco, but you got you got there. You, you did it. I mean, he, I don't know how many cars that man has, but it's enough. It's not enough. No, there's never enough. But he has a lot of cars, <laughs> and yet his daily driver is what an electric Fiat. Is it? I don't even I. <sighs> I should pay. I should pay closer attention to my friends. I don't even know. I'm, I don't know what he drives. Every day. I, I know he has an electric Fiat that he talked about loving quite a bit. I did not even know he had that. I the last thing I saw him daily driving was his his Eddie Bauer Avalanche. God, or is it North Face? It's North Face. North yeah. Face. North Face Avalanche. Oh my god! <laughs> which which like who who knew that was a thing? Who knew that North Face said that they were going to put some leather upholstery in a, in a chevy avalanche i i don't know who knows about that but paco knew about it he has one i feel like paco would be the guy that would drive a fiesta drive an aztec and then drive a north face avalanche i feel like you'd be right paco is that guy <laughs> like hey do you know that one guy in town that has all those really weird cars that like no one knew existed yeah that's paco it's paco paco who, um, who's paco you say you never heard of paco in your life have you heard of two of performance <laughs> Paco, <laughs> those, those body Paco. kits you want for your 240 Paco. yep <laughs> uh all the kits you need go right to Paco. Yeah. Um, you you support paco's habits when you buy a two of performance kit you support him buying weird weird <laughs> cars <laughs> you ex- you support a really strange swap yeah um it's good I can't wait to see video of that 2J Corvette. Yeah, really. We need to we need to sell more 2F performance kits so that, that car gets yeah. finished faster. I, I feel like making like one of those abused animal videos is just like, 
Do you care about Corvettes and want to support this man? He will show you the correct way to go about swapping a Corvette for drifting. Let's call up Sarah McLaughlin's PR person. All right, let's work a deal. Let's get it done. Let's make it happen. Oh, man. We need this done yesterday. Get to it. Some really sad music. Sarah McLaughlin crying. Okay. Listen, don't even put my name in the podcast. Say, name this podcast, buy it to a performance kit for Paco. <laughs> and just, that's, okay. I don't want, I don't want any credit or anything associated with the podcast. It's all about him. Let's get these kits sold. Paco needs your assistance, everyone. <laughs> if in the next 10 minutes we can sell 13 2F performance kits, we know this man <laughs> is going to have a good rest of his day and get free advertising for no real reason other than I really want you, to see a 2J Corvette. <laughs> you said he doesn't even listen to these podcasts, and I'm plugging him harder than I plugged anyone else. Before even you plugged Lakefelter pretty good, which is also someone that's no longer supporting you. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I forgot. Thank you. I almost cried when I was plugging Lingenfelter. That was heartfelt. That, I mean, I felt it. It made me want to go get some Lingenfelter parts for my GTO. I compared their CEO to a, to my dad. You that, did. That's, that's a that's a plug and a I, half. I, and and I we're not even under fatherly love. We're not even under contract. What the fuck? Are you under contract with anyone? Like, do you still have any sponsors? Oh yeah, uh, to Paco, to a performance, uh, Fortunato, <laughs> Paco. <laughs> it all makes sense now. God damn it! There we you go. Made that feel. I felt that in my heart, and it was all because you're, you're being sponsored by him. Now I understand. I see no, what honestly, you did here. You, you, know, yeah. you bamboozled me. <laughs> I've never. I haven't signed a contract with with. Uh, 2F performance it's all it's this is all like pure friendship stuff we, we have we've never had like a legal document <laughs> but th- that's how that's how that's how good he is that's, that's how, how much you care. Is. we don't even, we're not even legally bound like i could i could fuck them and and in court nothing would nothing would happen but but we're we're above that level we're on a yeah. true friendship level there's no contract between us it's beautiful but uh, but i'm still under contract but i'm not <laughs> i don't have a contract so yeah, no uh, unwritten code. Yeah, but so yeah, two F performance is still we're we're still together. Fortunato and me, we're still together. Color bomb wraps the people responsible for like the entire appeal of the car with the anime stuff. You know, we're still together. Um, all the all the local guys and me. I feel like you there's know, the only driver that does color bomb that I'm friends with. Uh, Nick Gross. Nick Nick Gross. Yep, Nick Gross. Is a color bomb homie. That's rad. And he's running FD Pro Two this year. Yep, which, which is almost over. But if they if they hold if they have if they have an event this year, Nick Gross will be there. Yeah, uh, I know he did crew for Taylor Hole, so that's the only reason I was able to get to know him. Yeah, yeah, we saw each other at every round. That's awesome. Um, it, it's kind of yeah. uh, it's kind of weird for me because like I seem to get to know drivers that are often like from specific areas like most of the drivers i know now are either tennessee georgia kentucky nevada arizona well we all we all huddle in different hot spots right we're like we're like little like gnomes or, or gremlins <laughs> we all 
we all huddle together and like just just clump into these little hot spots around the country. Like so, that makes sense. Apparently, tire smoke releases pheromones that attract drifters. Specifically, attract other dudes that happen to be drifters. Yeah. Well, the, like, hey, you got you attracted a girl that enjoys drifting, so it's unisex for tire smoke attracting drifters. Listen, you need to have. You need to have her, you need to give her her own episode on your podcast and have her tell the story of us meeting. You're, <laughs> you need to do that. Because that's, that's something worth listening to, let me tell you. Next week, I'm down. <laughs> I don't, good, I'll, I'll let her know, hit her up, because you're going to be, you're going to be entertained. I don't know how I landed her. Um, I don't deserve it. I just I did everything wrong. Is better than you, so don't worry. Is I switched I switched my phone from my left ear to my right ear when you said that. Say that again. I what? said I just assume any any woman with you is better than you, so don't worry. Oh, endlessly! Oh my god, <laughs> I did everything. If you have Sophia on and you have her tell the story, I did everything wrong. Somehow, <laughs> <laughs> somehow we're married now, and and she's like that one dream girl that I always thought about. Like I wish I just. I wish I could just meet a girl that would just love me for just who I am. And I never have to change no matter what. She just is just like in love with me. Like, like magnetically attracted. I did everything wrong with Sophia. And, and somehow like, I made that. Happen. Why won't you make me change for you? I, uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, to, she, she needs to tell the story. That would, that would be fun. Jeez. That's awesome. <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have, to have told, like an extra credit bonus episode. That's just that story told from her point of view. Yeah, you do. She she told me that she loves me, uh, and I said thank you. <laughs> so <laughs> well, so I don't see the issue. <laughs> she was the first. She was the first one to say I love you, and I said thanks. <laughs> thanks, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and I made I made her so sad that she moved back home. She got on a plane and moved back to Tennessee. Because I because I crushed her heart so much, and we're married now. She's back in Arizona, and we're, and we're married. I, How the you fuck? gotta you gotta have you gotta have her tell the story. She'll fill in the blanks. It's it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like color me impressed. Um. <laughs> Listen, I'm giving I'm giving I'm giving coach I'm giving uh, master classes on swag. Hit me up. I'll, I'll I'll teach you how to land a girl of your dreams by being a by, cool. by just doing everything <laughs> wrong. That that's a uh, good weaving on you. Good weaving. <laughs> so, are you much of an anime fan yourself? Yes, I'll say yes, definitely. Okay. I can I can confidently say I'm an anime fan. Can I say that I'm a like a full blown fucking weeb that lives, eats, sleeps the shit? No. Mm-mm. Have you seen and every episode of Initial D? Nope. I'm going to be straight up with you. I'm going to be straight up with you, dude. No. My friend Andre, he's actually over our house right now. He's obsessed with Initial D, and he's like, I think he's on his like third time watching it through right now. I don't know. Um, he is not a drift dude, but he's a YouTuber. Not a drift dude. Not even an anime dude at all. <laughs> Started watching Initial D, got completely sucked in, and he's like, he's religious to it now. Putting me to complete shame. He asked me how far <laughs> I've seen. He asked me how far I got in initial D and I like, I like tried to front. I was like, Oh, I think I got to like stage three or, or four or something. He's like, did you watch the movie? And I was like, no, nah. 
he's like, okay, so you're like stage two barely. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, yeah, actually, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I, I think I barely made it through stage one. I'm, I'm ashamed, whatever. I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to try to hide anything. It always comes back to bite me. I didn't watch it until like last year. I saw it was on Hulu and I'm like, Ooh, I'm bored. <laughs> I need to, I need to get through it. I started when I watched whatever I did get through. It was when I was about to swap my S13 to the LS for the first time. Oh man! Um, and w- while I was waiting for parts to show up, I started just binge watching Initial D. I was I was renting a <laughs> house alone. I didn't I didn't have any roommates, so I had all the time in the world. So I started binging it, and then I and then I didn't install an oil pan gasket, and that kind of <laughs> that kind of took my attention. <laughs> all back to the oil pan. Yeah, that, that kind of took my attention away from Initial D, and I never, I never circled back to that. You know, it's a real shame that oil, that Initial D never taught you that you know LSs need oil pan gaskets. If there's one thing Initial D should have taught me, it should have been about like you know details and finesse and and like listening to the car and feeling it. You know, all those. <laughs> nope. Uh. Uh-uh, uh. Fuck that. <laughs> oil pan gaskets. Throw that in the trash. Well, this 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 bitch is gonna run. You'll see. Oh shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, so yeah. just such. So I don't know how I got where I'm at <laughs> in life. No one does, man. No one does. Um. So was the was your S13 your first drift car, or what did you start out with? Yeah. Holy shit, dude. Get this. I bought my S13 as like a total street car. That shit had a had a full interior it had a stereo in it um it was sr swaps boy car no oh no it wasn't stanced um it was always set up like a track kind of setup and but it had an sr in it when i bought it it was just white like factory white color um what color is completely like normal it's a blue i'm I'm gonna tell you about that i'm gonna build into that story that's a little bit of a story itself but it was white it was just totally like stock Stock S13, um, no body kit, but it had an SR swap. And I bought it to drive to school in every day. And I drove it to school every day um, while I was in Universal Technical Institute. And uh, that's the same chassis. That, that chassis exploded into this 700 horsepower Formula Drift car somehow. Um, yeah, never had another drift car <laughs> in my life. That That that's is unreal. the boy. And it was white. It was its factory white color when I bought it. I completely molested it and riced it out and put a <laughs> shitty, a shitty black, like weird vented hood on it and a bunch of stupid stickers all over the hood and um, completely riced it out before I got some taste and, and at least a slightest amount of like, like did class you, did to my have modifying. Any interest in drifting when you bought it. Yeah. So I bought it. I bought it specifically because I grew an interest in drifting. I ha- I did have a 350Z at the time. I had a, a 2008 Nismo edition 350Z. I was, t- I was so proud of that. I mean, I was 18 years old and I, uh, I financed that car and it was really nice. It was a Nismo edition. It had that cool, like body kit on it where like yeah. the back bumper was like a, was like a picnic table you could eat on. <laughs> um, so I, that car was the first rear wheel drive car I ever had. Um, again, I'm 18 years old at this point. I just moved out here from Ohio. And so I drifted that car. Well, I didn't drift the car. I got the back end loose, like getting onto a highway a couple of times. Sure. You know, and I was like, sick. What the fuck was that? And then I found out what drifting was. Oversteer is amazing. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, that's cool. There's a sport for oversteer. Sick. I want to do it. I shouldn't do it with the Z. This <laughs> thing's really nice. And like, it costs a lot of money. 
and I'm really lucky to have it right now. Yeah. So I'm not going to ruin it. And uh, so I bought that S13 to drift. Um, and that, that, that same S13 is now with me today with the, with the big old V8 boy under the hood. And it's, <laughs> it's pretty cool. So what were you going to say of getting into the, it being blue now? Oh, the color thing. Yeah. So when I, the S13, although it's the same chassis, and it's grown into what I have now, it was not a perfectly linear growth. In 2012, there was like a big spike. Like, like when you have a stock portfolio and your stocks are like doing mediocre, like flatlining, and then you just deposit $500. So you see your total balance. Like have this big jump and you tell your <laughs> friends, yeah, man, I'm a pro investor, but really all you did was just inject cash in your portfolio. Yeah. Um, so there was this big spike in development with the S13 in 2012. That's when I did like full cage, tube front repainted the whole car ls in the car like the whole that was it's like okay street car off track car on like flip the switches so we repainted it from white to this blue color and this blue color is kind of nostalgic it's it's special it's close to my heart because it's the color that my first car was in high school it was a cobalt i had a chevy cobalt sports not super sports oh. but sports still nice and it was this um it was called flash blue metallic they only did that color for 2008 maybe 2008 2009 anyway it was a limited color and i I loved it so i had sold that car and i moved out here traded it for that 350z regret the decision now 350z was sick but cobalt has the memories wish i had the memories anyway it was an attempt to get some of that nostalgia back when i painted the 240 while, while turning it into a drift car, we decided to do that same paint code. So I painted it this flash blue metallic, which is like a light, it's like a light blue with a lot of like red flake in it. So it turns purple in the sun. It's like a color shift, you think? That's right. Um, so we did that paint code and I, I didn't even like, I didn't even change it. Like, like other drift dudes are going to be like, go extra on the flake, like make it extra <laughs> hot boy. Yeah. I was like, I was like, no. Just exactly how GM did it, please. Just like the factory. Just just do the factory paint code. I just want the memories. <laughs> yeah. So we did that blue. So that's that's the paint color that's under the wrap right now is this blue. And um, it's pretty undamaged. Like, if you take the wrap off, uh, the, the over fenders on all four corners will still be primer, sure. But if you yeah. take off the back over fenders, that whole quarter panel is still blue. Nice. And the doors are all still, like, blue, clear coat and everything still on them. Like, it's, it's pretty good paint still. That's awesome. So, yeah, it's blue. With your wrap, how often do you have to get it redone? Dude, color bomb wraps. Let me, we've been working (laughs) through a few plugs. We've been doing some plugs on this podcast. It's it's color bomb wraps turn to get plugged. These boys are just amazing and so generous. Uh, I got my car wrapped. I've had my car wrapped in three different designs with them in three years time. So we've, we did a Hatsune Miku. Uh, we did a Hatsune Miku wrap with Color Bomb in 2017. Okay, and um, it was a partial sponsorship, and and they, I mean, I, I submitted my proposal to them. I told them what I was doing. They they were just totally like friendly and and on board with it, and and loved the idea of, of getting into getting their name out in the drift world a little bit. And so they wrapped, they they immediately, um, you know gave me a shot at a, at a partial sponsorship and we did this Hatsune Miku wrap. Miku wrap. The car was black in the front and faded to uh, basically Hatsune Miku was on the door and her hair like 
flowed into all these different colors all to the back of the car. So it was like That's solid rad. black at the front and then like just like crazy hair colors flowing you to the back of the car. It was it's really cool. Color bomb. It was like a bomb of color. Yes. They they live up to the name. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the next year, um, maybe even like t- nine or 10 months from when we wrapped it the first time, we completely changed it. And this is like, I want to explain what a process this is for a wrap company to design a new wrap from scratch, do the artwork, like get the design made and then print it and install it on the car. They completely redid my wrap with a whole new design from scratch for 2018. And that's the, or yeah, 2018. And that's the one you saw at LS Fest where okay. it was like pink on one side and blue on the other. Yes. And it was a, uh, Aodeca seven theme that, that anime show. It, it, and we had, it what, threw me off so bad too, because of it not being like mirrored. I would see yeah. it from one side and then like later on, see it on the track from the other side. I'm like, different car. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was a different car. And it threw me off so yeah. bad. I'm sorry. It was kind of cool, though. I, oh, I kind of like the idea of that. <laughs> so, because that show, Aerodeck Seven, has two main characters, and they're like opposites. So okay. We, we did one that main character sense. on one side. Yeah. And so they did that for me, and like, I, I mean, think about it. Not only the process and the cost of of completely designing a new wrap from scratch, just one year after you des- yeah. decide to do a partial sponsorship with this new dude you've never met before, um, but also completely let them like. You know, be like, I want to do a split thing with Aodeca 7 and use these colors. Like, I, you know, like, they, they let me, they let me have my way with, <laughs> with what I wanted it to look like. Who, if, if that doesn't give you a vibe of what this, like, the niceness of this, of these people at Colorbomb Raps is, I don't know what will. So I did that for 2018. And then going into FD for 2019, we went to the rap that you've seen that, that's current, yeah. the, um, the, um, No Game, No Life, which is, just no contest blows it out of the water. My favorite design ever. My favorite. I, I, so we're, I'm not changing it. This is it. But they, they, they've, we've done three different wraps with color bomb wraps and they've all, they've all been increasingly like stepping up from the last one. And this one I'm at currently, my car's on Jackson's right now and, and, and I've, I'm doing body work. So we've taken some of the wrap off and I'm not redesigning it this year. We're just going to reapply. We're going to reprint and reapply cool. the same the same rap because it's it's it oh so my god yeah i'm in love i don't know about other people i think a lot of other people like it but for me personally this is perfect i want it <laughs> i want to keep it that's awesome oh man yeah <laughs> so those are those are those guys that's color bomb for you they're great <laughs> love them they're in tempe arizona they'll they'll design a rap if you live anywhere in the country like they'll still design it for you and you, they'll just send the file to your local print printer and install it oh, that's like really it's totally cool. Yeah, it's, they don't have to do it all, every step and shop if you're not local. Oh, so, man. Um, love them. <laughs> <laughs> Was there anything else that you were hoping about chatting about on here? <sighs> we chatted about everything from formula drift <laughs> to my to my cat having diabetes. So, poor cat. Um, is there anything else that I want to cover? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. No, I, don't, I don't think so. I mean, I don't mind talking about my entire life from birth until today with you, but I don't think you have the time for that. And I'd probably fall asleep. I just want to be your best friend. Um, now. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that. Aww. Um, uh, if we ever move out, if we ever move out that way, we're totally doing that. Yep. We'll have some, we'll have some BBQs, you're, get you're some welcome. dogs on the grill. 
You're welcome to use my shop however you need to for any car stuff while you get your stuff in line. Damn, you have a shop? It's like a 30 by 40. It's just like a little pole barn. Homie, say less, man. We have a two-car garage in my house and a trailer in the driveway, and we have four cars to try to shelter. Shit. I have, <laughs> I, I have a garage, a carport, and a shop. Oh, man. See, shop. So that's that's goal. That's the next goal in life is get shop space for me and Sophia to keep our every car that's not daily in. And unlike Phoenix, I live in an affordable area. <laughs> you got me there. Listen, um, I thought Phoenix was cheap when I moved from Ohio. And then I met Sophia and she was like, well, why is it so expensive out here? And I looked at property taxes in Tennessee, Tennessee. And that shit's like 1% or some shit. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. God damn. Yeah, um, yeah, you got me beat. Murray County, it's $50 for tags, no emissions testing, no safety testing, and 1% property tax, and no state income tax. Bet. I'm in there <laughs> like swimwear, homie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on it. Um, that sounds like a dream. Yeah, like right now in my shop, I, I need to build up to get back working on it, but I have an 04 GTO with the engine pulled out of it right now. Um, I got a, I got a notification because I'm famous when you were saying that, so your uh, your audio kind of muted. You have an 04 <laughs> GTO. <laughs> oh, okay, GTO. Of course, we've been talking about GTOs a bit. Yeah. So whenever I whenever I think LSs and everything or GTOs at all, I'm just like, oh, I have one of those. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, engines pulled out of it because I had leaks from my oil pan and rear main seal uh and power steering leaks so i was like you know what i want to add power to it but i don't want to blow it up so i'm gonna go ahead and pull it out and try and just go ahead and replace gaskets and throw a cam in it and other shit while it's out and i just that's really yeah that's smart yeah so i, I basically have a uh, short block just sitting on an engine stand right now that I need to finish pulling the rotating assembly to make sure cylinder walls are good, pistons are good, um, before I rebuild it. Because if any of that's not good, now would be the perfect time to go ahead and swap it out or get it bored or honed. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, I'll probably get We've it honed got... regardless, but yeah. Dave, uh, there's this guy I work with, an engineer, Austin Brown, who works at the Proving Grounds with me. And he has an LS. I think it's an LS1. He has an LS1. Okay. He pulled out of a Camaro because he wants to put it in his RX-7. Um, and it, it went from like, you know, I'm just like he want the goal ideally was for him to just pull it out and then put it in the RX-7. Okay. But it had a bit of a, it had a bit of a tick. So he's like, okay, maybe I'll just, you know, we, I should like take the valve covers off and see if uh, a lifter is loose or something, yeah. find the tick. Well, that led him to the camshaft, which had a, a lobe kind of half ground down on it. Um, there's the source of the tick right there. Okay. So now he's, now he's like, well, gotta do a cam and like, uh, Might as well do lifters while I'm at. uh, lifters. Yeah. Rocker arm is what I was thinking of at yeah. first. He was looking to see if there's a rocker arm. So anyway, yeah. so now he's like, okay, gotta do cam and a lifter. And then he, go ahead and then he found valves. out there's like, yeah, might as well. And then there's like vertical scoring on one of the cylinder walls. And oh, so it's like, ah, now I got to like bore it and, you know, put some bigger pistons in. And so it's, it's been fun, like watching watching this guy he's been like consulting me a little bit along the way because i've done the whole like you know do an ls blow it up thing before yeah. so he's been like kind of 
keeping up to speed on what his current progress is. And it's been, it's been kind of entertaining watching it go from just take it out of this car, put it in this car to now it's like, build it, just, just fucking build the yeah. whole thing. Like, and, and that's kind of what it was like. I'm like, okay, I need a new power steering pump and I needed essentially like a, a gasket kit, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. 400 bucks for all that. I'm like, you know, but I could go ahead and do this and this. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to be about 10 grand deep. And I, I have a car that's worth 10 grand. <laughs> it's the, the while, while I'm in here mindset. Dude, it, it's a killer. Like, yeah, like there needs to be an addiction show on car guys. Like that just starts out like an episode of hoarders where it's just like, I was changing the oil, and while I was there, I was just like, you know, there's been that noise happening. So then I started taking it apart, and now I have a full blown GT3 race car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have this. I have this FD car in my garage zip right now, and I'm going to do a history on like how it got to this point. Well, it all started with an oil change, and then uh, I figured while I was there, now I have an FD car. I don't know why, but I instantly like my mind instantly went to the meme. Of it's just like when you're telling your grandkids about 2020. Well, it all started with this goddamn gorilla. Oh my god! Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that one. I've seen the it all started with the Popeyes chicken sandwich version. Yes, the same meme. <laughs> yes, I love the Popeyes chicken sandwich. That was the most delicious thing ever. Still haven't had one. Come out to Tennessee, man. I don't, like I don't know if you just don't have a Popeyes near you or what's stopping you, but. uh We've got the Popeyes. We do have them here. I just haven't gotten my ass in there. So you're a bad person. That's fine. My first uh, <laughs> job in high school was at a Chick-fil-A. Okay. Oh, so you are my a bad first person. Jo- yeah. no. my, my first job was at a Chick-fil-A, and I never got sick of that food. I only fell in love with it more. I don't want to risk spoiling my Falling opinion of, of the Chick-fil-A. 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 <laughs> yeah, I don't want to risk it. Oh, man. Like, I... I still know people that work at Chick-fil-A, and I'm like, your chicken's bland. I love you. You're a wonderful person, but your chicken's bland. I, I can't do it. That works for me. I'm a simple dude, man. I'm a I'm a white dad all the way through. Give me a piece of chicken on Mayo bread. with not spicy. And, no. And mayonnaise. Give me a piece of chicken with mayonnaise on it on bread. That's a delicious, complex sandwich <laughs> in my mind. Complex. Give me a pair of socks that I can wear with my sandals. I'm happy. Give me a set of New Balances that I can grass stain. Why don't you own after a mowing the lawn? Well, I, I almost do. I have I have the heart of one. I'm getting there. Like you need to buy a C5 Corvette so you can get the Corvette Museum jacket, and then you can wear your blue Oof. jeans with your New Balance or socks with sandals. Oof, we're going back to the C5 though. <laughs> What's wrong with Oof. the C5? Oof, a little too, little too. A little too like roundy, bulbous for me. I don't know. The C five. The C fives were the first ones without the pop ups, right? I thought they still had pop ups. C fives had pop. ups Wasn't the? I thought C fours had so. pop ups. I, I thought C fives didn't. The C five is the one they did in uh, in the Adam Sandler movie where he became a millionaire and bought everyone in the town orange C five Corvettes. The red, little red Corvette from Prince, orange Corvette. Prince. Yeah, you, you just ruined both a Prince song and you thought the Corvettes were orange. So, <laughs> our friendship's over. I'm sorry. Uh, 
<laughs> I told you, listen, scroll back like scroll back like seven hours in this in this phone call. And I said that I know the engine a lot more than I know the cars they came in. <laughs> Fact check me. Do it come on, get Snopes get Snopes on here or whatever. Uh get uh what's the oh, is it Snopes? Yeah. Snopes the fact checking yeah. people? Is that yeah, yeah Snopes. Yeah. Yeah. Get them on it, man. I said that. I said that in like the first within the first five hours of our conversation but but this is movie trivia and also prince trivia because it was based on a prince song ask my wife movie movie trivia music trivia i'm the worst i'm not your guy i haven't seen shit ask any of the guys i work with i can't relate to hardly anyone at my work because they're like they make like a reference to some mainstream movie that everyone has seen and i'm like what oh man you're like my coworker that hasn't seen gladiator even when i know the movie even when I know the movie, I'll be like Toy Story, and they'll be like, "No, it was it was Home Alone or some shit." Like, <laughs> I'm not I'm not the guy. Okay, I'll still be your best friend. We'll, we'll work it out. We'll watch. You know, when you move to Tennessee, we'll watch the movies. It's cool. Remember that? Remember that that wife I told you about that I did everything wrong with and made her move back home, and then somehow we're still married. How did you get her to marry you? Holy crap! When I was when I was just telling you that I'm not the guy, she was in the window. She was like yelling out the window of the house. I think you're the guy. <laughs> Look, man, I don't know how I did it, but like, like so she somehow loves you. It's not like it's a, real. It's not like a visa marriage or anything like that where it. It's real. It's more real than the fairy tales, man. And I, I sent her home sad after I said thank you when she said I love you. And, and it, it, again, have her on. Do like a bonus episode to this and have her tell the story because <laughs> it's something. That's awesome. Well, man, I don't want to keep you too much longer. You have been an absolute blast to be on here, and definitely hit me up anytime, dude. Thanks. Thanks so much. Listen, I want to give credit to Truly. Okay, they made me interesting. <laughs> Truly, Colorbone, last... uh, Ligenfelter, uh... Fortune Auto, 2F Performance, Paco Ibarra, personally himself, just the man, not the company. Yeah, all that. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you again, buddy. Yeah.